Good Monday, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the Broadcasting Building, the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another edition of the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys, coming up on today's show. The Cougars go 8-0 for the first time since 2001, with a first-ever win over Boise State on the Broncos' blue home turf. And with the win, BYU moves up one spot in both major polls to 8th nationally. To look back on the Big W, and because we're off next week with the BYU bye this week, we have all three coordinators with us today, and we start the show with BYU special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb, good to see you once again. See you, Greg. Thank you. So uh, the phrase statement win, I think it's used uh, a lot, and one could argue every game is its own statement. But what do you think BYU said uh, with the win at Boise State on Friday night? Uh, yeah, I'm aware of the of the press and, and what the press and, and maybe fans, too, have been saying as well. Well, let's wait until they play somebody and, and Boise State has a, a name inside the football building. You know, we, we look at every team for what they're worth. We know that we've played some teams that have good players and it's a new challenge every week. Boise has a lot of good players, too, and a great tradition. I, I, I thought it was a, a fun game for our guys. I, I don't know that I'd be the best one to, to make a comment on what the statement was. I feel great about the victory, the way our guys played. In terms of where you um would stack up, say, competitively with what you know to be the college football landscape right now. Where do you think this BYU team is? Ben? Well, we're playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of physicality, and we're playing together as a team. And that's that's so much more important than you know maybe some of the traditional uh, matrix metrics that people would use. You know, we we do have some good players at key positions, and that's that's always a big deal. But right now, we've got an offense, a defense, special teams that's playing together. There's nobody sitting on the bench pouting about playing time. We got. You see an offensive guy make a play, and the whole the whole sideline erupts. The, the, the backups, the guys on defense, et cetera, and uh, that's a special place to be as a team. I, I would uh, I'd feel good about our chances against anyone. The buildup to last week's game was unique in that it was a short week to begin with, and then with uh, Tuesday being election day and no activities on that day, essentially two days of practice uh, to get ready for that uh, that challenge. It, it was, and and Kalani had the, the right approach, is, which is just, okay, this is our reality. How can we make it a positive? And, and the best uh, way that we felt like we could make it a positive was, was give the guys physically a day off. Whatever that we would be lacking in preparation, we felt like we would be we could take advantage of some physical opportunity for the guys to recover. And so the players wanted to have a player-run practice, and, and we told them, you know, that uh, we felt like the best thing for them to do would be to have player-run meetings. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything they wanted to do on their own needed to be completely mental and uh, to take advantage of the day off and that we were going to push the day before that Tuesday and then, of course, the Wednesday after, we were going to practice harder than we normally did, counting on them using Tuesday as a recovery day. As part of your prep, you were aware of and got ready for two quarterbacks, and then you ended up seeing a third and a fourth in that game at Boise State. Yeah. Boise knows what they're doing, and uh, so fortunately, the, the first two quarterbacks and we found out the third, they're all, they're all from the same mold. I mean, they can run, they can escape the pocket, they're tall, they have pocket presence, they can throw the football. You saw late in the game, uh, Finnegan started to hit his stride and, and tested us deep, and, and they won over the top twice. So uh, fortunately, the, the game plan, for whatever the game plan is actually worth, I think sometimes it's overrated, the game plan matched for all three quarterbacks. To the game itself, Boise won the toss. And you can tell a lot about a team by what they choose to do there, and they said, we want the ball. And so it's an immediate challenge to your guys on defense. Uh, Boise ended up going four plays in punt, a pretty good tone setter. It was, yes. I felt like our defense was really prepared mentally and, uh, and, and physically for the challenge. 
I thought that to the strength of our team uh, defense all season long has been the defensive front, the defensive line. Uh, two weeks ago or two games ago against uh, Western Kentucky, they, they played below their standard and uh, they were right back at it this week and probably played their best game and made uh, everybody else's job a lot easier. And making jobs easier includes the offense putting uh, BYU in a positive place to start the game again. Uh, this time it was two plays, uh, 95 yards and 43 seconds. You're up seven zip and, and then BYU would never trail in this game. Yep, that's right. Uh, great start for our offense. A great job of establishing the run game. I thought, uh, you know, whether it's up to it's up to the offensive coaches whether the idea is establish the run to set up the pass or vice versa. But uh, and sometimes it's take what the defense gives you. And this early uh, play by Tyler and the offensive line there, fantastic way to get the game started and makes the defense's job easier and puts Boise State a little bit in a hole. On its second possession, Boise did go 16 plays but for only three points. And the last couple of weeks, defense has seen the, off, the opposing offense go on some long drives, but it's all about points. And uh, BYU's been doing its job keeping teams out of the end zone even after long possessions. That's right. Yeah, I, you know, Coach Tuiaki's philosophy, and it has been for years now, and it sometimes uh, takes uh, undue heat for it, but uh, a, a big part of what other coaching staffs recognize about BYU defense is we keep the ball in front of us. We do not give up cheap plays. You turn on any game on a Saturday and you see these long plays and highlights. You watch Sports Center on Saturday night. Um, and, and I think credit, uh, uh, you know, credit the defensive staff, but uh, you know, always the players for running hard to the football and uh, keeping the ball in front of us. That being said, there were two at the end of the game that uh, were uncharacteristic for us. And uh, we, we need to be better in that quarter. The fourth quarter has been not a great quarter for us on defense. And so it's a challenge for our younger guys that are getting in and getting some playing time to play better. After that long drive field goal against, uh, Jake Oldroy gives you back a 10-3 lead on a 47-yard field goal. He's now 9-for-9 on his field goal tries this year. And in the FBS this season, that's the most attempts by anybody without a miss. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. He's, just, he's worked his tail off and had some ups and downs last year and come back really strong. So I'm really proud of the job that he's doing and the field goal unit itself. We had one breakdown and, and gave up some pressure up the middle. Our snapper needs to get a little more stout. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a, something we can correct for the game. But, Jake, as far as the job he's been doing and the, and the snapper putting the ball where it needs to be in the holder, those, those guys have been doing really well. Now, when Boise won the toss and we knew then that BYU would get the ball to start the second half, I thought the middle eight minutes, they called them, you know, last four of the first half, first four of the second half, become a really important span. And BYU did score a touchdown near the end of the first half and then right at the start of the second half. So you own both sides of halftime to kind of uh, – you know, put you, you know, kind of uh, the game a little bit out of reach that way. Our, our offense, and, and, and really defensively too, but uh, our offense has been just tremendous at taking control of games right at the end of the first half. And uh, it's such a backbreaker for a, a de- the opposing defense to give up that late score. We scored with one minute left, outstanding two-minute drive, and then ended up getting another chance that we didn't yeah. anticipate and, and needed better, some better clock management. I put that uh, on myself. We got a lot of coaches involved in clock management. We didn't get didn't quite get the communication onto the field. Felt like a into the win. There was a pretty significant win there in the second half and at the end of the first half. And wanted a few more yards on that. And should have got out of bounds quicker, or, or perhaps to, you know taken advantage earlier and spiked the ball and saved some clock. But could have could have taken an even greater advantage there at the end of the first. Yeah, because because the, the strip fumble recovery puts you in position there right at the very end. And I, I guess my thought was too wondering are they actually trying to get into the end zone before the half ends or just get into position after Neil made that catch for a field goal try? It's definitely both. Early on, earlier on, I think it was to, you know to get some chunk plays and get into the end zone, stop the clock temporarily on first down conversions, and then and then later there, 
when we when we didn't get our communication and execution in, it was about working the sidelines and just trying to get a couple of more yards. I think that would have been within Jake's range. He hit one earlier from the same range into the wind, but it was a much stiffer wind there toward the end of the first half than it was at the beginning. Were you about the same spot? Would have been 47-ish, is my recollection, or was yes. it even close? Yes, I yeah. think it was right there on the 30 when we when yeah. we called that last pass play instead of getting a you know a, a fast field goal out there on the field. So BYU ends up uh, still with a sizable, decent enough lead uh, going into halftime. Second half, of course, uh, BYU got, and there's the uh, play, yeah, to the 30-yard line from there. All right, uh, second half, BYU got on a roll and uh, kind of sealed the deal, and we'll talk about that after we head to a break and remind you that tomorrow night it is BYU football with Kalani Sitake, your weekly look inside the Cougar football program, live at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Coming up, Coach Lamb giving us his special teams players of the game from Friday night's big win in Boise. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. says the best G5 take a huge, huge hit tonight, the Broncos. Whale is going to punt it. Oh, it's blocked! The Cougars block the punt. It'll roll to the Cougar team area out of bounds at the 30-yard line. BYU blocking Max Tooley was in. Kyrus Tonga part of the group with pressure and that punt was blocked and now it's BYU first and 10 at Boise State Territory 30-yard line. We're back on the coordinator's corner with BYU special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. BYU heading into a bye week at 8-0 on the season and ranked 8 by the coaches and the AP voters. BYU getting 2-8-0 with that 51-17 win at Boise State on Friday night. And uh, Coach Lamb, BYU has just completed now seven games in seven weeks with uh, no postponements, no cancellations, and no losses. Uh, in this unusual season, that's a remarkable accomplishment. It sure is, yeah. I, I think you know, sometimes I hear it a little bit the wrong way when I hear people say the team's done a great job. They haven't got COVID and nobody's, nobody's lost out because I think, I think sometimes it's just due to chance. And it's uh, to assume that guys are doing something wrong or out there partying where they shouldn't be and getting COVID, I think that's sometimes an overstatement. But I do want to give credit to our team for, for taking care of business on and off the field, being ready to go, administration for getting us a schedule and coaching staff are working so hard these boys have inspired us to work harder back to the game itself for a bit uh, BYU did lead, lead Boise 16 to 3 at halftime and it's a 22 nothing third quarter to lock it down the first five drives of the second half all end with touchdowns Boise's offense would not score a TD until the score was 45 to 3 no one goes up 45 3 on the blue turf that's right yeah it was it was a tremendous night and I think I think that's often the case when you've got a situation where some team like Boise has been so dominant for so long in a, in a place like that. You know, I think it, it, was, it became a real gut punch for them, and I think it started to steamroll a little bit. And, and I think if you've played enough sports, you know, we've all been in that situation where you're surprised and, and things start to mount up, and I think, I think that's kind of what happened. Of course, our guys could smell the blood in the water and kept swarming. Overall, about special teams for a second. Uh, we talked about Jake Oldroyd extending his field goal streak. His BYU record PAT streak did end at Boise State. A couple missed PATs, including a block. There was an onside kick recovered. On the flip side, you had a block punt, and Avery Williams, their great returner, never got loose. That's right. A real mixed bag on special teams. We had, we had huge concerns about uh, Avery Williams. Uh, he's got a lot of, I think, six in his career, punt returns and kick returns. Boise State's always considered that one of their big advantages is the, is the return games. Uh, tremendous job by the coverage teams. Some things we'd like to, to have back and do better. We had a kickoff return that we could have uh, initiated and out of bounds. 
establishment by our returner. Uh, we also had the, the onside kick that you mentioned, the first one that uh, we just mishandled that a little bit and maybe made the incorrect judgment there. And then right here, our, our snapper just needs to be a little more stout in there. He got, got uh, ran over there um, by their interior front. So, so yeah, I mean, credit, uh, credit uh, the, the boys uh, as a whole team because we, did, we had some things where we could have got a lot better offense, defense, and special teams and, and still came away with a, a pretty cons- uh, decisive victory. Let's ID uh, your top players on special teams then for the uh, win at Boise State. And we mentioned we just saw there uh, Max Tooley getting in on that uh, on that punt block, and he gets some special commendation for you this week. He does, yeah. Max Tooley, uh, the player of the game, and he could win that every week for the work he does on all the all the special teams. Uh, tremendous job by him. Kyrus Tonga, I gave him a top block award. He was really the one that collapsed the interior shield, allowing Max to be in there. Both of them could have blocked that punt. It was just a matter of who had their hand in the right spot. Isaac Rex got the, uh, the onside kick recovery late in the game to kind of shut down that miniature rally that uh, Boise State had late. Uh, Isaiah Kafusi and Kavika Fanua, uh, those guys are two guys that are starters on defense, and they, but they go out there and play special teams like it's, they're the most privileged person in the world to run down on kickoff, and they racked up multiple tackles in the coverage area. It's been called hands team forever. Uh, how do you determine, especially in an onside kick situation, who you want uh, on those edges? That's a, that's a really good question. We actually have, uh, so we, we take about the best 15 guys on our team and just clutch guys that don't flinch and have great hands. And sometimes they're offensive guys, sometimes they're defensive guys. And we don't really want to have a two deep like every other phase of the game. We've got our 11 out there and they play certain positions on the edges. We like to have a little more height inside. We like to have a little more quickness and ball awareness. And then um, if, if one of the guys goes down at any point in the game, it's the next man up in that new position that he may not have even practiced before. We feel like the right guys are much more important than the training of that moment. And they have to learn every position on the field in the practice time that we do dedicate to that. Isaac gives you height and hands. Isaac gives us height and hands. And, and probably that first one, too, Isaiah Kalfusi came off the field and he said, that was a little too hot. I should have let that go, right? Mm-hmm. I said, hey, you're the guy on the field. The answer is probably yes from what I saw live, but you're the guy on the field, and you have to make a courageous decision. I'm proud of you for that. It didn't work out. The next one will. And the next one, he came right over the top of him. He let it go, picked up a block, and Isaac made a, a nice recovery. Right on. Let's go to social media to close things out with Coach Lamb today. Uh, from at Chaplin Schumann, uh, in terms of BYU's performance, what has made the biggest difference between this year and last? He says it seems to be more than just the change in schedule. There's a synergistic uh, effect right now going on from from a strength of of offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, and you can just feel it. So this this game was a great example. Uh, we didn't we didn't finish a couple of drives in the first half that left the the score of the game pretty close at halftime. We've had some other games where we we maybe didn't play our best defense, but the score was already lopsided at halftime. This one we were still in control at 16 to three. Offense came into the locker room saying, "Hey, we can get a lot better. We can do a lot better." But we're still winning by 13 points, or we're up two scores. And that's the way it's been all season long is just, you know, if the offense or defense is down for a moment, the other side's playing well. The special teams, the kicker, punter's been delivering the coverage units. And uh, it's just been a fantastic season this way, to, this season to see everybody working together and excited for the success of the other guy. I have a leftover personnel note here about uh, Keenan Peely. You got him back at linebacker this past week. We did, and he made a huge impact. He, he really rocked their quarterback on a quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneak is, is the safest way to get a yard or two in football um, as far as uh, the conversion percentage, but there's a risk to it. And uh, Keenan Peely uh, uh, made him pay, and their quarterback went out of the game. Hope he is okay and everything, but it's, it's part of the game of football, and uh, Keenan made a huge impact from that play on, played his guts out.
You played a game. You played without a key defensive starter in Zane Anderson. Is the hope that Zane plays some more football this year? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know Zane's rehabbing hard. The training staff, Steve Pincock and, and that crew, they're working their tail off to get him back. And, and nobody works harder than Zane in the offseason. He's had injuries before and come back from him strong. We expect he will again. Last social media question for you from Brett Parker. We sort of addressed it, but he said, was there any extra emphasis on special teams this past week knowing you had to deal with Avery Williams and those six kickoff and punt returns for touchdown? I think as coaches, we get what we emphasize. I've been a long-time believer in that, and we emphasize the strength of Boise State, the strength of their kickoff returners. We show the boys the challenge at hand, and then we've always made sure on special teams. We, we put our best players out there, and we do not try to kick touchbacks um, all season long. We want a kickoff team that's hungry. There's times when we, we step into the kickoff huddle and say, Jake, we need a coverable ball here because these guys are getting bored with your touchbacks. And Jake gives them a coverable <laughs> ball. And you have to train a kickoff team like that, I believe, and, and the guys respond. <laughs> getting bored with your touchbacks. Uh, bye week now. Uh, traditionally, bye weeks often send the coaches all around the country uh, to recruit. Uh, with COVID, things are a little different. What does a bye week look like this week for BYU players and staff? A great opportunity for our, our players to recover. And uh, it's been a long, a long straight season there, seven straight weeks of football. Uh, no buys. Um, I think uh, our coaching staff, as you said, would normally be on the road recruiting and trying to do as much football as we can from the road. Now we'll be in-house. Uh, we'll stay on campus. We'll, we'll do a lot of self-scouting, determine what our tendencies are, see if we can address some of those and get better. And we'll do our recruiting from, from in-house. We'll do it with Zoom and phone calls and social media. All right. Well, have a great uh, bye week and uh, so good to be 8-0 and ranked 8 and let some other things happen around you for a while now and see where things shake out. Uh, enjoy the bye week and we'll see you back here in a few. Thanks, Greg. All right, that is Coach Ed Lamb. As we go to break, a reminder that the dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads. JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fort, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. Coming up after this break... Defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki joining us here in the Coordinator's Corner. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're looking back on Friday night's 51-17 BYU win at Boise State. A victory that moves BYU to eighth in the AP and coaches polls. The Cougs now 8-0 with a week off. Uh, back in action November 21st, home to North Alabama. We welcome in BYU defensive coordinator and D-line coach, Eli Satuiaki. Coach, good to see you once again. Good to be back. Thanks. Congrats on a big, big win for the boys. Yeah, that was, that was huge for us. A great win and uh, much, much needed win going into the bye week and just with everything that's going on. Is it okay? I mean, there had to be a little extra buzz, right, going into Boise, all the things that were on the line? Though. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, that was, you know, uh, all the things they talked about with just uh, them being a test for us, us never winning on the blue turf, and, and uh, I mean, them, them being undefeated and ranked as well. I mean, we had played more games, obviously, just with, with the situation, but there was, a, there was a lot at stake. And a short lead time up to it as well, uh, only two days of practice, which is a little unusual for a big, big game <laughs> yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was interesting, and it was, there were a lot of challenges that came with that, but uh, I thought that uh, Kalani's plan as well as just the execution of the team was, was stellar. How satisfying when you get through a week like that with all kinds of challenges, some obvious, some less obvious, and you come out with a win like that? That was uh, <clears throat> cloud nine just the, the, whole, the whole night. I mean, it was difficult to sleep that night, just kind of sitting up, thinking and contemplating and just enjoying uh, what it was. I mean, it was, it was a huge win. 
you go into that game without a pretty key player uh, starting safety Zane Anderson. You guys had to find, you know, personnel pieces to put in and make it work. Uh, and that's been kind of a challenge week to week, right? You're, gonna, you're not going to have everybody all the time, and you want a full, a, a full deck. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, losing, losing a starter, especially with uh, somebody that, with that much experience. I mean, he's a senior that's played for us a lot. That's a, bit, that's a you know, a good player. I mean, trying to, trying to replace him and shuffle guys, shuffle guys around and, and find the best matchup as well as just who's, who's playing the best and, and uh, who's going to perform the best is, was, was a real challenge. It feels like most teams, when they win the coin toss, choose to defer. And some teams, no, they, they have a decision. with and, and teams like Boise, like they did that time, said, no, we want the ball, which means they want to challenge your defense immediately. Yeah. And so D gets on the field first, and uh, they're punting in their first series. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's a philosophical thing. And, you know, you definitely appreciate the, uh, <clears throat> what, that, what that means when, you, when you're saying that you want it on offense, you can drive down and score. But, I mean, we, we, uh, we bowed up to the challenge, and that's, that's one thing that we wanted to do was, was get out there and get a fast start on defense and try to get the ball back for our offense to score. Which is exactly what happened. And then you're working with an early lead again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal just to see the offense do what they've done. You know, obviously the buzz about the offense, about, about Zach Wilson and just everything that they've done. I and mean, it's been huge for us on defense. We've just kind of quietly been trying to do our job and get the ball back and, and let them do their deal. I mean, they deserve all the credit and the highlights that we've been getting. But um, and it's, it's uh, certainly been the, the biggest difference for us in the five years we've been here. It's mm-hmm. just an offense that's explosive like that. You probably, start, uh, you probably expected Jack Sears to get the start, and he did. Is that what you were thinking going in? We did, yeah, we did. We thought that he was, uh, he was a good quarterback. I mean, you know, they both, both uh, bring different challenges, but I uh, thought that the, the week before when he played, uh, he, he's a really good player, um, ran their, their offense efficiently and just uh, brought a little bit more in, in just a QB run game. And so uh, we, we were expecting him to start, but we were coming in with the same game plan for both of them. And he ends up going out early, injured, did not return. You saw two backups after Sears left the game. What were you looking for since you really didn't have much to go on when those guys came in? It was really just how he was, he was uh, going to respond to the current uh, game plan. I mean, we, the challenge going into it was, uh, was uh, you know, there, there was a lot of things that, a lot of uh, problems that they, they present with uh, the different formations they bring, the shifts and motions and just all that stuff. And so we want to be a little bit more base and just have our D-line handle everything. And so we put the challenge on them, um, put the challenge on the D-line to, to show up and make it a little bit easier for us so that we're not running all over the place with our heads cut off, but kind of sit a little bit more in a base, base defense and just let them shift in motion and watch what they do. And the D-line responded. And that was, that was probably one of the bigger things in the game was just no matter what front we were in or what blitz, the front was really, really stout. You always want as many takeaways as possible, but it's not always just how many, but when they come. And I thought it was huge that, that the, one, the ones you did get came in that second quarter. It was still a game and still competitive, and they never really were able to get momentum because you got those two big second quarter takeaways. Yeah, yeah, those, those, were, those were huge for us. I mean, for Caleb, uh, you know, to get his first uh, interception as a, as a young freshman has been huge. He's going to be a good, good player for us in the next couple of years. Um, you know, and, and the sack that uh, Kyrus or not the sack, but the strip that he yeah. had, uh, you know, just showing extra effort and tackling the quarterback yeah. was, I mean, he's a freak athlete who can run. And getting that ball out and getting the ball where we did there on the 35-yard line was huge for us. Um, didn't, I don't know if we ended up getting something out of it, but it was just great for us to get that right before halftime. Yeah, that's where BYU ended up running out of time at the very yeah. end. Didn't get points, but still that, uh, that, that prevented them from them doing anything yep. with their, with their yep. two-minute drill toward the end. I'm sure a lot of quarterbacks, when they clear the line of scrimmage, don't expect the nose tackle to get them. 
And that's what Kairos did. Yeah, yeah. He is a, he's a freak athlete. He can run. Um, he's got a motor. And he was just dominant the whole night. I mean, it was, uh, they, they, had, uh, they had issues with, with him and, and all the other D linemen the whole night. And I thought that our front just showed up in a big way with the, the way that we challenged them and, and all the different things that we do. Obviously, that was a three-man rush. And he just, he just, we call it break the stack. He broke the stack and mm -hmm. ran to the ball and was able to get that ball out. Great play to, again, almost end the half for BYU. And the Cougars did lead 16-3 uh, at the break. Really put the hammer down, though, after halftime. We'll talk about how BYU finished off the Broncos when we come back from this break, plus a defensive player of the week and questions for Coach Tuiaki from social media. You're in the coordinator's corner. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Wins left and right. The back to the right of Fennigan is Van Buren. And there's pressure immediately on Fennigan. Fennigan waves a receiver downfield. Deflected. Picked off. Intercepted by the Cougars at the near sideline. Caleb Christensen. First career interception off the deflection from Isaiah Heron. You're in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's. The Burger Boys 8-0. BYU coming off a 51-17 win at Boise State Friday night. And uh, coming into a bye week now with two games remaining on the current regular season schedule. BYU's win in Boise, the first ever away win in the series with the Broncos. And uh, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but yeah, just how important for this thing to finally be at a position where BYU's not still looking for that first ever win up there. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, uh, I mean, the momentum that we had going into it and just being able to hit that milestone was, was huge for us. I think it was huge for Cougar Nation and, and uh, was a great, great feeling at the end of it. 16 to three was the halftime lead and then it's a 22-0 third quarter. Uh, ends up being 45-3 uh, before Boise tacks on a couple of touchdowns on, on a couple of late long passes. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the challenges that we've, we've talked about and we kind of texted back and forth as, as coaches is you look at uh, the, the scores that we've given up in the first, second, and third quarter versus the fourth. I mean, we're giving up uh, too many points in the fourth quarter and we've got to rely on, on our backups to come in and do a good job just, just keeping... Uh, you know, keeping semblance of just what's been going on, which is which has been we've been playing really well on defense, and um, you know, a bo you know, credit Boise for for the plays that they made. They've got really good players, but but uh, you know, we've got to, we've got to come out of those without those those two big plays. The reality is, uh, scores are coming against you when either a lot of twos and threes are in, or even you know, deeper than that, and the game's well in hand you know that you've got the kind of team that if they, if they had to go 60 full minutes in a competitive one-score game, you, you believe you've got what it takes to, you know, to get the job done. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I do. I think that we've got a good team. We've got good players um, that execute. And, you know, one of the things that always hampers you, no matter who you are, and you think you saw it with, with Boise, as you, you see it with other teams, uh, I mean, Clemson this past game, I mean, it's, it's uh, the depth that you have uh, really um, can, can kind of determine how successful you are when guys are missing. And so we've got to make sure that our depth is, is kind of uh, sewn up and guys that are expected to come in and, and play some time if we're missing somebody like Zane Anderson. So Jerry Capisi is the example this week. Exactly, exactly. We've, we've got to make sure that there's not that big of a drop-off. And when those guys get those opportunities in the fourth quarter, Michelani talked about it before, it's, it's not garbage time. It's time for you to get better. It's time for us as a team to get better. And, and uh, I mean, we've got to get guys... Uh, use those opportunities when they get into the game just to, to show that they can play. BYU's been racking up stats in every meaningful category this year uh, all season long. Finally, though, you put one in the blocked punt category. 
this past game. Uh, Max Tooley and uh, Kairos Tonga got in and, and got you a block punt in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was that was a great game plan by by Ed. Um, you know, he, he felt like their operation time was a little bit slow as well as just how close that punter was getting to the shield. And um, I mean, we, we've 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 shown in uh, in a couple of the games prior that we would send D linemen into the shield to just to try to try to block it with with the shield's backs. And uh, that was the game plan going in. Ed had a, had a really good um, understanding of just seeing that and being able to call it. And it was it was great to get that at that time. It's one thing when, when a guy's taking on Kairos Tonga with Kairos getting a one-yard lead up. When Kairos gets a little head of steam <laughs> behind him, that's a different deal. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't envy anybody that's standing in the shield. I mean, you, you've got to put something together to get the shield moving and the punter moving so that you're not getting a 330-pound you know, explosive, big, physical athlete that loves contact just coming at the shield. Man, that's, that sucks. Okay, <laughs> that it does. Uh, this is our, uh, the time of the show where we give you the defensive player of the week, but you couldn't just give us one player this past yeah, week. Yeah, it was, it was real difficult. You know, I always text with the staff about who played well in each position group, and we talk about, um, you know, uh, all the guys that played well. But it was, it was really just the, the effort by the whole defense. I mean, they're they great individual efforts, and we were starting to put the list together, and just we had so many players on there. And I was like, let's just, let's just give it to the whole defense. I mean, Everyone, everyone contributed. We had, we had uh, great individual performances and some, some performances that were really um, the best by certain individuals' games that they've played as Cougars, and it was just really fun to watch. I mean, it was a, it was a dominant, dominant performance by the defense. Do you know what the season high is in points allowed against you this year? Do you remember the number? I don't. Houston scored 26. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've allowed no more than 26 in any game. Since World War II, BYU's had one season, only one, where no one has scored more than 26 in an entire season. It was back in 1979, as it turns out. So, uh, and, you know, who knows how many games BYU still has left to play. Yeah. But, uh, you know, through eight games, that's, that's a pretty good sample size to have nobody even get to, you know, 27, 28 points. Oh, you, you really do pull all these. Well, you know. it's, all, it's always fun to talk to you because it's like, did you know? <laughs> I do have a few of <laughs> No, those. I didn't. Yeah. So that's, it, that's you're, you're looking in you know, somewhat historical territory yeah, here. Yeah, uh, cool. To social media right now, and kudos to all. It's, uh, the, the numbers, you know, in some ways they're just numbers, but in a lot of ways they reflect uh, the reality um, of, uh, of a team playing such great complimentary football right yeah. now. It's allowing you all to look good. Yeah. Uh, Vance Johnson has an email for uh, a tweet uh, coming into us, actually. Coach Tuiaki, he says, analysts talk about adjustments that coaches make. That Could, uh, could you talk about specific instances um, uh, that were maybe come up recently, relate the process from observing a need to communicating to the sidelines to then implementing with the players? He says, I'm curious about the process without maybe giving up any real game secrets. Yeah, um, specific. I mean, it's, all, it's, uh, it's a little bit easier for me to just think about boys because it's fresh in my mind. But there's... Every game, there's, I mean, there's, uh, there are uh, multiple, multiple things that you're always talking about. I mean, um, what jumped out at you from Friday night, maybe, of something you had to adjust to or make an adjustment with? You know, yeah. one, one of the biggest things, and you know, it's not an adjustment, but just uh, we were talking about making an adjustment. We were talking about making an adjustment with the front. Um, you know, uh, that we weren't giving up much, but I felt like there were soft spots in just the way that we were playing a certain technique, and and so we were playing an over front, and I, I. Uh, you know, talk to talk to the defense about you know what about going to this front, which we call a snug front. Is this snug, is this snug front going to be a little bit better against the run in these formations? And 
Um, you know, Coach Lamb talked me out of it and said, you know what, let's not panic. We haven't given up anything. Maybe we'll wait till halftime. We come back in. And we went to halftime and I asked the, the front, said, what, uh, do you, would you guys prefer this front or this front? And they said, it doesn't matter. And I was like, okay, let's just keep it the same. You guys are playing well. You guys are playing physical. But I mean, there's, there's always things that you're looking at um, and, and things that you're talking about is, you know, this guy's cheating over this much. We need to play this. This guy's doing that. We need to watch out for this. Hey, this play's coming. You, you know, prep the guys and be ready for that. I mean, there's always things that you're talking about and always things that you're adjusting and fixing. And um, what was it the, the, when we played uh, Texas State? I mean, that was another one where just on the sideline um, in the middle of the series, just kind of talking through things that we we're going to do to try to stop the, uh, the Daffy Duck formations that we were getting. I mean, there's every single game. It's, it's without fail. There's something... Um, multiple things that we need to talk about and adjust. Okay, good insight. Thank you. Uh, Charlie Allen with a question for Coach Tuiaki. Charlie says, the current schedule has some large breaks for the last, uh, between the last two games. Obviously, some healings needed for some players, but how do you maintain the focus and the energy shown so far? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, I think we've got to lean heavily on the leadership, leadership council on the team, and they, they know what's at stake. They know that, um, you know, they're very excited to play the next game, and We've just got to continue to lean on those guys to, to guide the team, and you know, um, we're still we're still lifting, we're still running this week, and uh, giving them a little a uh, little time away from us, um, just so they can can you know, uh, recharge their batteries as well as the coaches. But yeah. um, you know, the leadership council I think has a good pulse, and they they report to Kalani and let us know what we think we need to do, in order to make sure that we're just continuing to head in the right direction and and not getting uh, fat and lazy just sitting around waiting. Okay, well, enjoy the recharge of this bye week, and we'll talk to you later in the season. Thanks. All right, thank you. All right, that is Coach Elisa Tuiaki. It is time for a break. When we come back, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us in Studio C as we continue on the Coordinator's Corner. We are brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. They go pistol with Algier behind Wilson. Shotgun snap to Zach. Gives to Tyler. Tyler starts in. Busts out and has a hole. Second level and he could go. 40, 50. The Cougars are going to score on their first possession. Algier 20, 10, and touchdown Cougars! We are back on the coordinator's corner. We are looking back at BYU's 51-17 win at Boise State last Friday. BYU's fourth win in 11 meetings with the Broncos, but the first ever on the blue turf, BYU now on this season, 8-0, ranked 8th in both major polls. And uh, making a special guest appearance on the show this week with BYU heading into a bye week is offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Good to see you once again. Good to be here. <laughs> uh, congrats on a big win on a, on a short week. There were challenges last week that had to be overcome. There were, but you know what? Our, our players jumped in and, and were all in from the word go and you know, honestly did a lot on their own too. A lot of film study and some extra work on their own in terms of walkthroughs when, when we couldn't be with them. And really can't say enough about just the maturity and the, the competitiveness of our players right now. Seventh time in eight games, BYU scores 40 points or more. Third straight win by 30 points or more. You guys are rolling right now. Yeah, I just, I, you know, it's all, you almost wish you didn't have a bye week, although it comes at a time where I think it'll be really good for us to rest up. Um, when you're in rhythm like we are and you've got the momentum going that we do, you want to just kind of keep playing. But yeah, th things are rolling for us. The, the guys are, um, are really feeling um, like, like uh, they're enjoying playing together and feel like we can 
we can uh, keep it rolling, I think. Second play of the game, you're in the end zone. Uh, Tyler Algier with the seventh longest run in all of college football so far this year, 86 yards on a second down. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was a good way to start. I saw him in the training room on uh, on Saturday morning, and I and I said, are you in here getting treatment on your neck? You kept looking back so many times right there. I wonder if your neck is sore. And, you know, he ran the 100 in high school, and I said, didn't, you, didn't your coach ever tell you you're not supposed to look back when you're in front? But... No, it was an excellent run by him to get past the line of scrimmage right there and a couple of nice downfield blocks. And, you know, he's got, he's got more speed than people recognize. When he, when he breaks into the open, we feel like he's got the speed to take it. you got to love Tyler Algier. Last year against Boise State, he comes off the bench to lead the team with nine solo tackles. Next year, he plays the same team and, yeah, runs for 86 on the second play of the game and ends up rushing for 100-plus. Yeah, and, you know, through all of that, he has always said, just tell me what I can do to help the team. I'll be glad to go wherever y'all think I can, I can help the team the most. That was another long drive for BYU. Just two plays, but a long drive. Uh, BYU now with 18 touchdown drives of longer than 75 yards. So 75 is a typical touchback uh, s- s- situation. But 18 touchdown drives were your back of touchback territory. And the two longest drives of the season actually came in the game on, on Friday night, uh, and both of them, in this case, took less than 90 seconds. So you can score a quick strike, you can stretch it out, and log fields do not scare this team. You guys thrive uh, with, with long distances. Yeah, you know, it really doesn't bother our guys. I think it goes back to confidence. You know, of course, we get excited when we get the ball in, in good field position, mm-hmm. um, but our guys are just, I really think they're excited to get the ball every chance we get an opportunity to score and feel like, feel like we can go out and score anytime we get our hands on the ball. You scored late in the first half uh, to go up 16-3. It was a missed PAT, keeping it at 16. And you almost added more points right before halftime when you maybe didn't expect to be back on the field, and you got back on. Yeah, and really probably could have done a little bit better job right there and, and gotten another score. Um, but honestly, didn't feel like we like we always played our best in the first half. Had a couple of, of big plays and, and a couple things go our way, but but did not play our best. Gave up a couple of sacks, one of them right there. Um, and so we felt like at halftime, though, um, we were not playing our best, but I really felt confident, and I think our players did too, and, and felt confident that we'd come out like we have done at other times this year and, and take off in the third quarter. As we talked about, I think with Coach Lamb, though, the middle eight BYU owned final four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, uh, a really strong phase for BYU there. No t- uh, two takeaways for the D in the first half and no giveaways. Uh, for the offense, another turnover-free game uh, for BYU. Second straight win over Boise, by the way, with zero giveaways. Under Kalani Sitake, now we can update this. BYU now 13-1 with zero turnovers. Whenever I say that, you always say, well, we should just not turn the ball over. Then. That's exactly right. <laughs> but I think it does say something about, about the consistency, and one of the things that we talk about all the time is re- being reliable with, all, with our offense. We talk about playing reliably and, and with violence. Use those two words a lot, but... Our, our consistency and, and doing the little things right has really grown this year, and I think it's evident with another, with another game where we didn't turn it over. We had one penalty on offense, and so I think we've really grown in, in terms of being able to, to do the little things the right way. And another game in which BYU gets into a, a scoring flow, uh, it's second straight game with a stretch of five touchdowns in five possessions. The game before, Western Kentucky, it was all five in the first half. And then against Boise State, first five drives of the second half, five touchdowns. Yeah, if I could just bottle what it is that gets us in that flow, I don't know exactly what it is, but 
Um, really, I think it's just, it's just um, making the plays on a third down to convert a drive versus versus that not happening at times. And we had we had a couple of third downs and fourth downs that we could have converted that we didn't um, in the second quarter. And in the second half, we did. And, and uh, guys are just really, really playing great. And, you know, I can't give enough credit to our players. I can't get enough credit to our staff um, to have a great game plan in such short notice. Um, but really, really pleased with the way we uh, the way we finished that game for sure. Coming into this season, uh, you gave a lot of attention tactically and a lot of talk publicly about red zone. And it's been one of the true strengths of this year's team against Boise State. Six possessions in the red zone, six touchdowns. BYU's now scored on 39 of 43 red zone drives. And of those four misses, two are kneel downs. So we almost can't, don't want to count them, but they have to by the stats. You've got 34 touchdowns in the red zone. You had 31 red zone touchdowns all of last season. <laughs> yeah, that's something that we have. We have put a lot of time and energy into. Um, my first year here, three years ago, it was something we did yeah. fairly well. One of the better things that we did, even though we weren't as high in total offense as we like to be, we scored when we got in the red zone. Last year took a dramatic step back in that area, even though our total offense was better. And so in looking at that, we spent more time um, working on it in the off season. Uh, I'll give Coach Roderick a lot of credit for that. He spent a lot of time looking at it and, and we really, um, put the pressure on our players um, to recognize that we need to score touchdowns when we're in the red zone. And then give credit to our special teams and Jake, they've made field goals when we haven't been able to for the most part. So yeah, the game is, is ultimately comes down to scoring points when you're in position to and, and really proud of our guys being able to do that. And Jake hasn't missed a field goal try yet this season. Uh, Zach Wilson, another huge game, 22 of 28, 360. Three touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing score. Uh, on pace to set numerous BYU records, some of which he already has, including the one he set on Friday night. That was another game at uh, 200 or better in pass efficiency rating. He's got eight now for his career. No other BYU quarterback's ever had that many. And really, uh, it's just a matter of which superlative you want to talk about week to week with him. <laughs> it really is. There's so many things he's doing exceedingly well, better than, better than guys I've been around for a long time. But, you know, I, I thought it was particularly... Um, gratifying for me and I'm, I'm certainly the case is true for him to come back after being there a couple years ago and leave the ball right down on the goal line and not be able to get in and score against the team that that he was committed to for some time and then not being able to play in the game last year and, and us having a win and so it was um, maybe a moment of redemption for him to, to have this opportunity and, and to play so well. And as we noted in the graphic that our viewers are seeing you decided to select Zach as the offensive player of the game. We did, and you know, I say this all the time, we could probably pick him just about any week. He's playing so well, but um, again, just it, it, he is so consistent and makes so many throws um, that we just kind of take for granted now that when one doesn't go that way, you kind of look at each other on the sideline, what happened right there? Oh, he just didn't make the play. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that happens occasionally, but no, he's playing great, and I and I got to say this too. I just love his demeanor right now. He's got a real um, uh, confidence and, and a bit of a swagger, but he's also maintained humility. He's he's relating great with his players, with his teammates, his coaches, and uh, and I just I, I can't say enough about um, the way he's grown not only as a player but as a leader and a teammate too. And I know you love the way that his teammates are securing the balls that he throws. Great grabs are being made game to game. And, and just to 
something that comes to mind in this one was was how much punishment Gunner took uh, on catches he made the other night. And this guy's been banged up a little bit, but man, he just does not care. He lays it out there, and he takes some took some hard hits on catches. He really did, and, and never flinched, and and took a hard shot right there, and dinged up his shoulder a little bit on the one that he came down with, and I. We were joking about it in our staff meeting this morning, but I bet he's. This would be a stat for you to look at. I bet he's got the most catches oh, in the inside country the five. to go down inside the five. <laughs> yeah. He's got them. And on this one right here, yeah. I saw him right after the play look up, and I just I could see the thought forming in his brain. I bet he's going. Like, this happened again. This happened again. <laughs> no, it, yeah. If there were a stat for near touchdowns, uh, Gunner I think is in the national lead right now. And before I go to break, and I don't want to bring up too many things too quickly, but. Isaac Rex is a freshman tight end with six touchdowns right now. Yeah, and I, I saw something that said his dad had eight in his whole career, yeah. <laughs> and he's already got six. Um, yeah, really coming coming into his own as as a player, and, and his blocking has significantly improved uh, the last two or three weeks as well. So really pleased with where Isaac's headed. And you can also recover an onside kick when you need it too. Not yeah. too bad. All right, coming up after the break, Coach Grimes giving us well, he gave us the offensive player of the week. We will take questions though for the coach from social media right after this. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU Food to Go the MVP of your next event. Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 25 years. Eighth ranked and 8-0 BYU with a well-earned rest this week after that 51-17 win at Boise State. Cougs next in action home to North Alabama out of the FCS ranks on November 21st visiting with offense coordinator Jeff Grimes and You've just gone seven straight weeks with seven games and seven wins, and uh, that's a grind, especially in this most unusual season. It is, a, and you know, I've I've been a part of a couple seasons like this where you're where you're undefeated at this point, and when that when that's the case, every game becomes more important, and uh, that's fun, but it can be a little bit taxing. And so uh, I was texting with a couple of guys yesterday, and I said, you know, it kind of feels like the first time I've really taken a breath in a couple <laughs> of months. Um, but it comes at a good time, and our players will will enjoy the rest. Although I'm having so much fun coaching and playing right mm -hmm. now that I wish we were playing another game this Saturday. What has your team told you uh, through eight games, and in turn, maybe uh, the world of college football right now? I I think we've said um, something that that I hope to say at the beginning of the season, and that's that um, we're one of the best teams in the country, that we're one of the best offenses in the country, um, that when we're um, when we're on the field, we're going to do the little things the right way, and and we're going to score a lot of points. And um, I, I think when you when you look at our body of work, um, I think I think it's it's up there with any offense in the country right now. I think we've got incredible balance at position. I've been in this in this position before where you had a weakness at a certain spot, and I, I really don't think we do. I don't think there's a weakness on our offense at any position. Time for our one-minute drill. Two social media questions in one minute. We do it? We can do it. Okay. Uh, from Carl, uh, you've coached in the SEC and against many P5s. In your opinion, how does this team stack up against the teams in the top five currently? Um, I haven't watched those teams play specifically, but I think um, in any one game we could line up and play with anybody. And question number two coming from Captain Lance. Coach Grimes, during the multiple bye weeks coming up, which local Mexican restaurant is your go-to for date night with your wife? Mm. Well, I'm from Texas and spent several years in El Paso, and so 
I understand and appreciate good Mexican food, but I will eat just about any Mexican <laughs> food. So I can't name one right there. Uh, I do hope you enjoy uh, the bye week to the extent that you can. Um, and it's a little different. You're not taking off recruiting places, right? Uh, a little right. more work here in-house, in, in right? Yeah, which would be nice. Really take a look at what we've done and what we've done well and what we can still do better. Still a lot of room for improvement. All right, we'll see you later in the season. Thanks again, Coach. All right. And it's Coach Jeff Grimes. That'll do it for this week's edition of The Coordinator's Corner. With BYU on the bye week, uh, we are back with you not next week, but the week after, after the North Alabama game. It'll be 1 Eastern time that day here on the BYU TV app. For Coaches Lamb, Tuiaki, and Grimes, I am Greg Grubel. Have a great week, and go Cougs. This has been The Coordinator's Corner.